25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Hey, hey. Here we go. Hour number two of the show is underway. Here in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Uh, thank you for tuning in. However you're listening and wherever you're listening, I appreciate it. Farm Bureau Insurance in all 82 counties across the state of Mississippi. And they have local insurance agents that many of them in your, in your town, your county, your local community, they're people you already know. Um, you certainly know someone who they're already working with, and it's great to have a, a local person, the ability to talk to somebody face to face with your insurance. And, you know, in the rare case in insurance where something kind of gets sent up the chain to the higher levels of the company, it is comforting to know that the home offices for Farm Bureau Insurance are in Jackson, Mississippi. I mean, they're here. There's people right there at the top that you can talk to, and it's just local the way it ought to be. All right, hit me up this hour on the Divinity Equipment phone line, 995-1059. You can be like Squirrel. <clears throat> Call me. Everybody around the state can hear you. Yeah, 995-1059. It's a 601 number. Text me on the country, please, and text line 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN. Jason in Flagstaff, he texted me and he said, can we punch anyone who did an April Fool's joke during all this? <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I actually saw a little lead up. Excuse me one minute. I actually saw a little lead up uh, to April 1st where there were some people um, putting that out there saying, hey, look, <clears throat> this is not the time for April Fool's jokes. Not this go round, but apparently we got some of those anyway, Jason. Nick on the country pleasing text line says Griffey not being a unanimous Hall of Famer is an example of how awful those voters are. I agree. I mean, find the person that did not vote Griffey in. And then let's talk to him. Really, I mean, like, what are you basing it on? I, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, what are you basing it on that you would not vote for him? There is nothing you could base it on other than being a, a, a so-and-so. As Yosemite would say... 
That kind of person right there. <clears throat> That's all you can say about them. Ghost Pepper on the Country Pleasing text line sent me a picture. And I'd just like to say hallelujah and a tip of the cap, sir. It's a picture of two packages of Country Pleasing sausage. One, the original smoked sausage flavor, which it's a red, white, and blue package. And I'm just telling y'all, it still may be my favorite. I mean, I mean, they have so many good flavors, but that original smoked sausage flavor. But it's also a package of the pork and pineapple. Yes. Yep. <clears throat> That's what I said. Pork and pineapple. That's exactly what I said. And Ghost Pepper says, just finished the Cajun, man. I'm about to start on the pineapple and pork. Tell Beaver I just faxed him a package of green onion. And I hope it doesn't taste like paper. <laughs> now, that's mean. <clears throat> Ghost Pepper, that's mean right there. Because Beaver really does want to get a hold of some of this. We're going to get him some. Don't worry about it. Grumpy says, uh, Matt, Mrs. Grumpy has grounded me. He said, well, partly sunny and beautiful at Ross Barnett Reservoir. No, I'm not fishing. I'm just enjoying the view that baseball, what does it say? That baseball call just makes Grumpy miss it more. Thanks for you and the beave. That's from Grumpy. He had a bunch of typos in there. You see that, Beaver? Did you read his text? Like I, I had to paraphrase and I had to edit his text for him as I read it because there's all these typos and it makes me wonder what else he's doing out there on the porch. <laughs> Maybe it was just too bright. He couldn't see what he had typed. <laughs> all right. And Squirrel, I got your text. I appreciate it very much. Um, thanks to everybody who watched the first hour on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio White, if you missed it, including the interview with Matt Stinchcomb. It's all right there. And I'll get it put out on Twitter later today. Follow me on Twitter if you have not already. It's at Radio Wyatt. And uh, check that out. Okay. Beaver, did you guys on the gridiron, or I don't, I didn't get to hear any of the early shows today, have people discussed this Mike Leach tweet that he, he deleted and then had to apologize for? Has that come up? Oh, yeah. Okay, so it has a lot. Yeah, we talked uh, talked a little bit about it on Jake's show yesterday, a little bit about it today on Chris's show. Okay. Well, and see, it's weird. I honestly had no idea. Now, my perspective and my the way I consumed the story doesn't have any effect on the story. I'm just telling y'all who are listening because it's my radio show. But... As you know, if you listened yesterday, it wasn't on this show. I had no idea there was any kind of controversy or anything at the time we were on the air yesterday. And then yesterday afternoon, around, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting, let me back up. I'm serious. And I saw the night before, which would be what, Wednesday night, I was flipping through Twitter and I saw the meme that Coach Leach tweeted that he had to apologize for, the one where the woman was, it's a picture of an old woman sitting in a, like a rocking chair knitting. And when you look at the picture, well, the caption was Gertrude 
got basically I'm paraphrasing, but like Gertrude got fed up with her husband during this quarantine, decided to knit him a scarf. And you look at the picture and the scarf is actually a long rope with a noose at the end of it. <laughs> so she fed up with him. <laughs> Here's your scarf, honey. <laughs> you know, so that was the joke. But it was a noose. Not racist in context at all. I saw it on Wednesday night, flipping through Twitter, and really didn't think twice, just kept right on going. So then we have the show yesterday. Well, here's the thing. I follow on Twitter exactly 79 people. There are 79 other people slash Twitter accounts that I follow on Twitter. In other words, if they if those 79 people or accounts tweet something, I might see it. Otherwise, I won't because I don't follow them. Or somebody I follow has to retweet something, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Maybe that contributes to the fact that I didn't see anything about it. Nothing. I don't follow football players and athletes and recruits, and I don't – nothing. So maybe that's a reason I didn't catch – any whiff of any controversy over that tweet yesterday at all. And then around 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon, I think it was about 3, it might have been a little later, but anyway, uh, I got a text from a friend of mine who we used to work together, and he's out in Dallas. And it just, it was pretty negative. And it was, he just basically said something about the the tweet and that it was stupid or whatever. And I, I was like, uh, what happened? <laughs> and so I kind of had to get an explanation on what he was talking about because I didn't have any idea. I was out in the driveway doing something and I didn't have any idea. Um, then late last night, around, yes, I was awake at around 1030. So this has been about 10 o'clock, which is unusual for me. I got a text from a former teammate of mine. That apparently had either gone back and listened to the podcast of the show or watched it online and said, why didn't you bring up anything about Mike Leach's tweet? And I just texted him back and said, man, I didn't have anything I was going on. I had no idea anything was going on. He must think I'm an idiot. He's ghosted me ever since. He hadn't texted me back. Um, and then, you know, come to find out. And then I see the apology. Whenever I saw that, when was that? Later yesterday? You know, because at the time we were on the air, I had no idea. So I just thought I would tell you and there was no deal yesterday at the time we were on the air yesterday on Thursday. I wasn't trying to avoid anything or not talk about it by any stretch. I didn't know. I didn't know there was any controversy whatsoever. I had not seen hide nor hair of caught a whiff of any of that. And was kind of alerted to it later and then eventually saw where Coach Leach put out an apology. And it basically what his apology said, I'm sincerely sorry if my tweet offended anybody. It was not my intent. And you could see why. He had no intent. There was no intent to it. I just think what it did is it highlighted the fact that context doesn't matter. To many, many, many people, that does not matter. Context does not matter. Intent does not matter to many, many people. Yeah, I think from Mike Leach's standpoint, it's perfectly innocent. It's funny. It's a joke about a husband and a wife having a hard time being around each other during the quarantine. It's not racist in any shape, form, or fashion in the context. 
He thought it was funny. In fact, there's so little obvious racist intent in that tweet. There, he's a football coach at an SEC school, and he retweeted it or put it out there. That's how little obvious racist context or intent was in it. There's none, zero, zilch. But what it does, it shows you that we have to accept, I think, as people and as a society going forward, whether we agree with it or not, whether you like it or not, you have to accept that any noose is a bad idea. (laughs) That's what it means. There is no... Well, yeah, but it's not meant that. No, no, it's a symbol now. It's not a thing. It is a symbol. And, you know, it's, you go, well, opinions differ. Well, okay, sure, yes. But if half the people out there's opinion is that thing is not just a thing, it's a symbol, then the way it's going to be perceived, you got to consider that, you know, everybody learn that together. So outside of that, out of, outside of everybody kind of learning that together, it's a really a non-story. It's really a non-issue. It's a, that's really what it is. It's a joke with absolutely zero racist content, context, intent, or connotation. But because of an item in the thing that is now a symbol, now we have to learn that that's a symbol. If we didn't already know it, I think that's the way I took it. That's the way I took it. Uh, Mailman David said, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Mailman David said it couldn't have been a big deal while you were on the air yesterday or a caller would have brought it up. Yeah, that's right. It would have come up in a text or a call yesterday while we were on the air. If it were a big deal at that point. And I guess David, it's possible. It just, it blossomed later yesterday afternoon because it was later in the day when you had the apology come out, wasn't it? Hey, look, I miss a lot of things on Twitter. I just do. And it's very willful on my part, missing a lot of things on Twitter. I, I at one point, not too terribly long ago, you know, probably if you went back six months ago, I followed close to 300 350 different um, Twitter accounts, people and Twitter accounts, most of them media, but all kinds of stuff. And I just got sick and tired of everything I saw, sick and tired of having to weed through all the stuff I didn't want to see (laughs) to get to stuff I might want to see. And so I just decided I'm cutting this back right here. I'm cutting it back. There also is a lot of people, uh, Twitter accounts. I don't have to say people, but there's a lot of Twitter accounts who over the years have, you know, tweeted at me, said things to me or about me and, and tagged me in it on Twitter that I have muted. And I haven't blocked a whole lot, but I've muted a bunch. You know how you can go in your own settings and see all the people you've accounts you've muted? Where not only will I not see anything they put out there, but they could be talking to me all day long and sending stuff to me all day long till they're blue in the face and I would never see it unless they walk up to me in person and say it. <laughs> and 
So I've, that's my Twitter deal here. So that I've kind of gotten it to where now I'm going to see pretty close to only stuff I care to see on Twitter. And you go, well, that's pretty close-minded, Matt. I guess it is. I just got tired of the other way. Maybe I'll change my mind and start following people again, but I can just tell you, you talk about liberating, narrowing down and just to, just weeding out. You know how good you feel when you've got that flower bed out in front of your house and you've been threatening to go out there and clean the weeds out, make that thing look good, and you just hadn't done You know how good it feels when you've needed to pressure wash your sidewalk and your driveway and you've been putting it off, you couldn't get to it, and you finally get out there and clean it up, clean as a pen, and you stand back and look at it and go, Whew, boy, that looks great. Isn't that better? That's how it feels when you weed out all the BS out of the people and the accounts you follow on Twitter. I did it. Glad I did it. And it ain't easy. Twitter makes it hard. You have to do it one at a time. So it can take some time. We have an unnamed texter here that says, if that bothers you, you got problems. It's silly. That was kind of my first reaction. Like, yeah, you know, I don't really, I think there was a reaction. I don't think it bothered a whole lot of people. People that act like they're bothered do it for perception themselves, but I think everybody realizes the reality of it. Anthony from Tupelo on the Country Pleasing Text said, I wonder if Leach called the players that put out on social media that they were offended. Do coaches do stuff like that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, they do. They talk about stuff. But again, it's nothing to get offended over. Let's see, Jason in Flagstaff. Flagstaff, Arizona. He says, I don't understand how a middle-aged white guy is supposed to think like a young black person. Yeah, but here's the thing, Jason. Is Coach Leach middle-aged or is he older? Because <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess he's middle-aged. And then he points out, Jason points out that I unfollowed him on Twitter. And look. Here's the thing about it, though. If I haven't muted you, Jason, which I haven't, you can tweet to me and I can tweet to you all day long. We can make it personal one-on-one. I just tried to pare it down because I don't go to a lot of websites and I don't go to any message boards for content. And I need to know some things sometimes for this radio show. So Twitter is a great place for that, obviously. But it was too cluttered. I, I have to be able to see if news pops out. So it could be schools, it could be coaches, uh, SIDs at the schools, um, newspaper writers, people that if they have news, they're going to pop it out there. I got to be able to see it right now. I can't afford to have to scroll through, you know, 20 to 30 tweets from just people I know. I need to see it right now pop up on my feed. So there's a little method to the madness that I on Twitter for me also. Grumpy, back here on the country-pleasing text line, says, uh, Miss Grumpy just made my day. We are having country-pleasing bacon, lettuce, tomato sandwiches for supper. Oh, boy. Said, did not have my glasses on the first text. <laughs> Let's give Coach Leach a break. It was, it was innocent. That's from Grumpy. Uh, Jason in Flagstaff says, I also don't understand how white folks in the media propose to speak for black folks. Yeah, because, you know, the perspective, you can try, but it's still not the full perspective, is it? That's right. Walking in another man's shoes is, I mean, you can only do it to a certain degree. Unless you've been there, you don't know. 
And that's another thing about it, you know, being sensitive to each other. But I think overall it's a non-story and, you know, anybody with a couple eyeballs can see it. Hey, uh, I do want to remind you, coming up, I mentioned this in the first hour, and, and I'm going to tell you who mentioned it and why I like it. Maybe the best idea I've heard or seen or read about what to do in extra innings baseball to end the tie. Okay, I'm going to tell you what that is. And then also the possibility of college football in January, but not bowl games. Um, Beaver, if we have time before the music cuts him off, let's go to Cecil on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Hey, Cecil, thanks for calling. Yeah, I guess it cut him off. Either that or his phone call dropped. Uh, Cecil, if if your call dropped, call me back. I, we got plenty of time in this hour. Just call me back. The music's about to start in just a second. It's uh, 995-1059. That's a 601 number. 995-1059. It's the Divinity Equipment phone line. Give me a call. More of your texts and calls coming up next. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go! with the home team. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. On the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team. We also stay connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. Differing opinions on the country-pleasing text line. Bulldog Blitz says, um, it's ridiculous talking about the uh, people making uh, Coach Leach apologize and making what he tweeted out to be racist in some way, which it wasn't. There was no racist intent, but there was no racist context or content in it. But you did have the – there was a noose. It was an older woman, like an old woman knitting in a rocking chair – And the joke was that she's fed up with her husband. They've been quarantined together. She can't stand him anymore. She's like, during this, and the joke was like, during this quarantine, Gertrude decided to knit a scarf for her husband. And when you look at the picture, he's knitting him a, a noose, right? Like she's sick of him. She's going to get rid of him. And so it wasn't, you know, on the surface, there's no racist anything. It's just that there's a noose there, okay, which is a symbol 
now. It's not a thing anymore. It's now a symbol. That's what I said. I'm not sure I fully realized it, but you can see the reaction. That's the way it is. And uh, so Derek, this is Derek on the Country Pleasing text line. He says, hey, man, I love the show, but Leach has to be smarter than this. He said, Dad Gum, he's got his Juris Doctorate. He has to be smart enough not to tweet this. <laughs> I think he knows now. Um, let's see, Jason in Flagstaff on the Country Pleasing Text says, you unfollowed me back when I was railing about Moorhead going back to hobbled Tommy Stevens right after Schrader clearly took over. <laughs> he says, LOL, I'm okay with it. I was about three weeks ahead of you and looking cross-eyed at Coach Moorhead. Fully understand. I went off a few weeks in a row. I'm a child. LOL. That's not why I followed you, Jason. If you look, it was a part of a grand experiment. I I, I eliminated really? Yeah, I mean it was a little more than three-fourths of the accounts I followed. I just had to clean it up because I'd get on a radio and I'm trying to follow stuff during football season and there's a lot of things I'm having to scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll. Some people have done things different in media they just create like a burner account an unnamed sort of twitter account random that they use just for their show and follow just the accounts that might give them news but i didn't want to go through all that because you have to have a different email address and i've got one i'm just going to use that one bb on the country pleasing text says can't wait for Leach to get fired before they even start the season hashtag tommy trash can hashtag Trash can Costello. Huh? Yeah. Hey, BB. Let's see. I'll bet you how much you want to bet he doesn't get fired before the season. (laughs) I'm serious. Derek. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. Text me anytime. Derek was apologizing because it was a long text. Like, don't do that. Especially on a slow day. <laughs> Don't ever apologize for a long text. Jackson Mailman says, the only way it would have been racial was if the old lady happened to be married to a black man. And even then, maybe not, because she would have had to marry a black man in the first place, therefore not anything to do with race at all. Yeah, and I, I get it. You know, look, like I said, no, no, there, there's nothing on the surface. There's no context in that joke, it's about a woman and her husband. They can't get along, so she's going to kill him, right? Because they've been stuck together in quarantine together. That's the joke. We all know what the joke is. The only thing really offensive about it was that it was a bad joke <laughs> because it wasn't all that funny, and you could see the punchline coming from a mile away. But I think what we have to do is don't don't always go with your first reaction to something. I think what I have to do is I look at it and go, okay, well, why would, you know, people, um, African-Americans, why would they look at that and go, okay, well, there's a racial thing in this. We don't like it. Well, you have to, I think what I have to do is expand and think a little broader and go, okay, look, yes, it's a noose that is not in any way in a, in that context, but it's like my friend said, a noose is always a bad idea. Well, it is because that is no, it's, a noose is no longer a thing that is just made out of rope that used to be used for that purpose. It is a, it's a symbol that kind of stands alone by itself, and we have to understand that. And frankly, if, uh, for, a, for 
for a white person in America, I probably don't understand it the same way. And I have to understand that, too. Just the way it is. So those are the facts. Everybody moves on. There was no ill will or intent in there. Sometimes we screw up. You learn from it. Move on. That's all it is to it. Jason in Flagstaff. He says, oh, in honor of Roger, too early to say for sure, but models are hinting at up to 10 inches of snow in Flagstaff on Wednesday? What? Are you serious? It's going to snow 10 inches in Flagstaff on April the whatever? Second week of April? Good grief, Jason. You got to get out of there, man. I mean, come on. Jay in Baltimore on the Divinity Equipment phone line. What's the weather like in Baltimore, Jay? Matt, it's nice and sunny. Uh, I think it's about 16, 61, 62 degrees. A little windy, but, but beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So, What's hey, I'm calling to follow up on your conversation the other day with, uh, with Coach Cohen. By the way, I still refer to him as Coach Cohen as well. I always wondered if but he prefer A.D. Cohen, but he's always going to be coach Cohen to me. Right. Your conversation around speeding up the game of baseball, mm-hmm. um, gosh, you guys talked about the walk-up song, uh, staying in the in the, uh, in the batter's box, mm-hmm. uh, and even, which I think is pretty forward-thinking, maybe going to eight innings. But, you know, what realistically do you think uh, is the best bet that, that, that you think that uh, they would actually do? Because, we know baseball's, you know, hist- uh, based on history and uh, uh, records and things like that. And I just don't know if they'll shorten the game, if, if that's a possibility. But yeah. Yeah. what do you think the best bet to speed up the game is? Well, don't you, Jay, it's going to have to be incremental. And I know they've already sort of started that process with pitch clocks and everything else. Um, but they are between a rock and a hard place on this in-between at-bats and walk-up songs thing. Because, listen, on one hand, they're over here looking for ways to appeal to a younger audience, and they think that kind of a more free-wielding, less tightly wound kind of atmosphere in the ballpark and with the players, let them celebrate, let them bat-flip and taunt, you know, because – it looks cool on TV, and maybe that'll attract a younger audience. So definitely going to continue to have walk-up songs because that attracts a younger audience. So they got that going on one hand. But on the other hand, knowing that he's exactly right, that is directly responsible for the slowdown of the game universally. And I mean in a huge way. Because, again, I brought it up, Jay, comparing it to that 1978 Red Sox-Yankees game that they showed on the Major League Baseball Network last week, and I watched it. And Guidry was pitching for the Yankees against Fisk and Skrimski and all those guys for the Red Sox. And I'm watching the game, and I just was blown away at how fast it was moving. I couldn't believe it. It was incredible. I'm like, is yeah. it? And and that and there's no there were no walk up songs. There was no time taken between pitches for Guidry. Now, there weren't many pitching changes either, but like Fisk and Yaz and those guys and and um, Don Baylor, they step in the batter's box and don't move. And as soon as there's one pitch, 
They don't even walk out. Like very seldom do they leave the batter's box to go get a signal. What I need to step out and get a signal for? I'm up here to hit. It was just so much different, and it was so much easier and more entertaining to watch it. And it's a game from 40 years ago. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're on it. I think for me, it's, it's staying in the box. If you remember Nomar Garcia Parra, he would get out of the box every single pitch and, and undo and tighten both gloves. It drove me nuts. But they got to keep these kids in the box. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. Thank you, Jay. I think they do have to keep them in the box. Um, there was a. There was a game State was playing Vanderbilt several years ago. I was calling the game with Bart Gregory. It was late in the game, and I was frustrated with how slow everything was going. It just always – and there was like the nine-hole hitter for Vanderbilt. In that eighth or ninth inning, it's like a four- or five-run game. State was up. And he swings and misses at a really good pitch, breaking ball. He was a right-hand hitter. He swung and missed. When he swung and missed, he popped up, walked across the plate into the other batter's box, walked around the catcher and the umpire behind them, made a circle, fixed his batting gloves, walked around finally to his batter's box, readjusted his gloves, and then got in the box for the next pitch. And I commented on the whole thing, like, and you want to speed up the game? Look at us here. Okay, so we swing and miss. We're going to walk around. Well, let's just take a little stroll here behind the umpire. Let's see how long we can take. And it was sarcastic and all. And some people online got on my case for it. But, man, I don't care because I was exactly right. It's that kind of crap right there that's driving people away from it. Because we're tired of sitting there in a baseball game watching people pick their nose in between pitches. Maybe this absence of baseball will change all that but I don't think it will when it comes back whenever that is on that baseball idea though Jay listen up And we're back. Jay, this is what I was um, going to make you aware of. This, <laughs> talking about ways to shorten things. Now, I mean, extra innings ball games are long as it is. But Justin Turner of the... Justin Turner of the Los Angeles Dodgers has an idea. His idea is to... If a game goes past the 10th inning, just have a home run derby. <laughs> now, I can't read you all the details because it's in the LA Times and I'd have to subscribe to them to read it. I'd have to pay them like a dollar a month. And that ain't much. It's just I never go to the Los Angeles Times. But yes, his idea is if the game goes past the 10th inning, now we have a home run derby to decide who wins the ball game. And all the baseball purists just puked. And all the non-purists just went, oh, yeah, that sounds good. I mean, heck, 
you'd have a lot of people, especially the younger audience out there, rooting for a tie game after 10, just so we could get a home run derby. (laughs) So in some ways, now you can definitely overstate this if you wanted to be dramatic, but in some ways, I'm going to say it, baseball is kind of at a crossroads. And here we are not having a season. And I did think it was interesting that even though they were the team that, I mean, the, the league that was up next, and they were the league that was in the preseason, and they were the league that was about to get started and had their spring training cut short, it was the NFL who dominated the headlines with free agency and Dak's contract and this guy and that guy and this signing and that signing and Tom Brady going to Tampa. I mean, that you, you want a better example of how the NFL is king they were mid-season in the NBA, sitting there in spring training about to start the season for Major League Baseball, yet when the coronavirus shut everything down, the NFL dominated all the headlines. Yeah. It's crazy, man. And it happened in our lifetime, Jay. It happened in our lifetime. Uh-huh. Look at him. Look at him. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a birthday boy on the country-pleasing, I'm sorry, on the Divinity Equipment phone. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. We have a birthday boy on. And his name is Hawk, better known as Chicken Hawk. What's up, Chicken Hawk? Well, you know, I'm always going to tell you that Jesus is up. I'm waiting to get up, but I ain't got there yet, but I'm waiting on the rap. The big, the big six o. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that's true. But look here, I got to go talk to Henry. See, now you ain't going to get me sidetracked. I got my dog. Happy birthday home. to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Chicken Hawk. Happy birthday to you. Now, how about that? Well, hey, was you playing the drums, too? Now, I was clapping my hands. Oh, you're clapping your hands. So you was toe tapping and clapping. Yeah, that's right. That's this is all. This was man-made music. <laughs> well, I sung. I sung on Brooks' show, but I ain't got a song for you. right Okay, now. well that's fine. I, I had one for the old squirrel. You know, I, oh, yeah. I, I sung one. I sung. I serenaded squirrel on our uh, on on uh, the BBB show. You know, that's oh yeah, Breaking Bad Brooks, the chemist. <laughs> The kid is. But look at here. Now, you ain't going to get me sidetracked now, won't it? Oh, brother. Because look at here. Last week, I didn't have my dog on basketball glove on. Didn't have none of my suits, you know, my football bat, nothing high top, zip lock, flip lock, rebound, none of that stuff. Didn't have none of my dog on uniform on. And you tried to side. You always try to sidetrack <laughs> me. Now, hold on just a minute. I'm 60. Now, now, now I got to see about me and Lupe. We're going to go down there to see Henry down there. Country, please. Yes. And see if I get a discount. Because I'm supposed to be getting discounts now everywhere if you can go somewhere with a discount. Ain't that right? When you well, look, it, when, now here's the thing, Chicken Hog. This is reality. Number one, you can play on the front tees at the golf course if you want to, the short tees up front, so you don't have to hit it as far. Well, it's your age. You probably get discounts in certain restaurants at this point, but I've never heard of getting a discount. At Country Pleasing or Country Meat Packers on sausage just because you turned 60. I've never heard of that. Well, look here. This is why one reason I'm calling 
is about what went on. Me and Lou Bell went down a couple of weeks. So you don't just give Henry all the advertising he needs. He <laughs> has prime cuts of ribeye. Oh, yes. So he has prime cuts. Yes. Choice cuts. And he has the boudin, yeah. I got me some boudin, got some big old thick pork chop, and his dog on bacon. But the thing ain't nowhere like it. People got to understand. They got to go down there and see our man Henry. But here's the doggone thing right here. Now, here's what it, it just flabbergasted me. I said, y'all, I said, you know, I didn't call you Bob Pill. He wouldn't have no idea who I was talking about. But I said, you know, that why? I said, he'd be doing y'all some doggone good advertising. I said, all these hats he'd be talking about. I said, I'm looking over yonder. I said, I see one or two there with all this money me and Lou Bayo done spent. Mm-hmm. I said, look, how about it, cuz? How about turning me on one of them hats? He said, we have to write Matt White too big a check to be giving you a hat. <laughs> Is that exactly what he said? Yeah. Ain't you like, what he say? You're listening to the, the uh, Bob Taylor Chicken Hawk Show. Say it. Oh, my gosh. Yes. You fellow <laughs> listeners out there are listening to the Bob Taylor and Chicken Hawk Show. Hey, <laughs> you know what? Here's what we're going to do. Okay. Now, Chicken Hawk, I know you got a big old round head. Okay. Watch it. But I'm pretty sure I've got a hat here from Country Pleasing that's brand new and never been worn that will fit it. And what I want you to do, uh, Louvelle, since I'm now friends with y'all on Facebook, message me your address. Yes, message me your address, and I will um, put it in a box and send it to you. And that'll be my mine and Henry, uh, our birthday gift to you, straight from Country Pleasing, will be a hat in a box, Chicken Hawk. I'll send one to you. Look here, you've got to sign it though, because see, I'm gonna put you up there in the, in the cave there with Dad and uh, Dan Marino. And uh, Fitz and everybody else. So I want you to sign it. Okay. Bob Tail, Matt Wyatt, and your football number. And okay. it ain't going to never be worn. Well, I'll put Matt Wyatt and number seven on there, but I'm not writing Bob Tail. I, I don't mind being called it, but I'm not writing it. You ain't. Well, okay, fine. I'll do it. I'll do it. Fine. I'll write Bob Tail. <laughs> hey, how, how, how does Lou Bell sign? Now, look here. It's hard to beat yeah, the homecoming queen. And. She's got a good voice. She's got a good. She's got a good radio voice. She's got the best radio voice in the family. Well, what, and what family? Your family. How do you know? <laughs> well, I'm just saying between. I'm just saying me? of the two that I've heard, which is you and her, yeah. she's got the better voice. That's all I'm saying. Well, look here. <laughs> well, let me tell you. Sometimes he gets the teacher voice, and the teacher voice cannot be a, a nice voice to him sometimes. <laughs> but today, since it's his birthday, yeah. it's a nice voice. Well, um, be nice to him, um, um, Louvelle, because, you know, at 60, we don't know. We, we need to be nice to him while we can. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> well, give me a birthday call. Look, we've been doing that intermediate fasting, brother, and it worked really well. Oh, yeah? I, yeah. I'm almost down past the three double knots. Okay. I like two more pounds, and we've been doing it ever since I got at the hospital in Denver. boy. But, you know, I love them Reese's eggs and them Cadbury eggs. <laughs> I, I love birthday cake. And Easter yeah, will be here soon. birthday cake. <laughs> so she got me one egg of each. Okay. Attaboy. My Cadbury egg is my Easter basket. 
and the Reese's egg is for my birthday. And then she made me a sign when I walked in. Can you believe this? Happy 60. Oh, that's great. That's great. Hey, I will give you credit on your birthday for teaching me a new word in your phone call here. What? What? You said that something that Henry said had you, and I quote, fabregasted. He said fabregasted. The man Please. said that he hey. had him fabregasted. Don't go to rescue, bro. Hold on. Here's Luke Bell. Hold on. Hey, I'm going to tell you what now, Dad, gummit. And it's impressive. You never know. I think some of these words he makes up on the spot. He does. Honestly, he does. Yeah. Listen, I'm tired of getting disrespected on my birthday. I'm just happy birthday. I'm tired of being disrespected on my birthday. So here's what I'm going to do. I love y'all. I appreciate all y'all's wishes. And, uh, don't forget to sign my hat, Bob Taylor, okay. hashtag number seven. Right. And uh, look here, I love y'all. Y'all have a blessed weekend. And always remember you children at the school up north. Remember now, this is the weekend. This got to last all the way to Monday until I call again. Uh, remember, children, hail state. <laughs> See ya. That segment brought to you by Chicken Hawk and Louisville. Is it Lou Bell or Lou Vale? B. Lou Bell. Lou Bell. It's got a B in there. I enjoyed that. I mean, I figure uh, on a man's birthday, we could give him a whole segment of radio, Beaver. What do you think? I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you, d- I-, I don't like that you questioned him so much. No- you know, you can question Chicken Hawk any other day, but not today. Not today. Yeah, he can, he can, he can pronounce words any way he wants today. Fabregasted. <laughs> I couldn't believe what I heard. I was fabricasted. <laughs> y'all have a great weekend, Beaver. Hope you have a great one. I'll see you on Monday. See y'all then.